Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast episode number 60. This is Ryan Cabrera, and I am here again, back in the saddle in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, That's Pastor Nick. That's right. Two's better than one. That's right. So I'm uh, very glad to be back. Got a lot of fun stuff going on in my life, some not so fun, but uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And so I'm excited to be back with you guys today. Thank you for your patience. Uh, we, as a community here at Beit Tehila, very exciting to announce, are beginning <clears throat> our 20th Torah cycle. So we finished uh, Deuteronomy, and guess what? We're going right back in. We're diving right back into the deep end, into Genesis, with the Torah portion, Bereshit, which means in the beginning. It can be found in uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 6, and verse 8. Excellent, Ryan. We're going to go and hit this right out of the gate. We're going to hit some main points found in this particular Torah portion, Bereshit, in the beginning. We're going to start off with, uh, of course, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Wow, through him all things were made. Through him all things come. Think about it. You know, a lot of times people will will ask questions, even my children. Daddy, who made God? Well, I tell them, you know, God always existed. From him all things come. It's hard to believe, I know, to fathom that, but that's the reality. That is the truth, that from God all things come. And, of course, we're able to enjoy uh, his creation as well. So just a little humor. Just remember that there is baseball in the Bible. We have in the beginning. Is that like in the big, you know, the big inning? You know, uh, I know the month of October is a big month for playoffs in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's it's the big inning. I see what you did. This there. is the big inning for us. This is our our <laughs> second cycle, our second the podcast year. We're doing great. We appreciate oh, all of you true. listening. Yeah. So let's look at the days of creation found in Genesis chapter one and verse one. All the way through chapter 2 and verse 3. Just going to quickly go through the seven days of creation here so you understand uh, exactly what took place. Just the nuts and bolts. Here we go. Uh, Day number one, light created and divided from darkness. Once again, light created and divided from darkness. Day number two, atmosphere created and divided from oceans. Atmosphere created and divided from oceans. Day number three. Land created and divided from water, vegetation created. Once again, land created and divided from water, vegetation created. Day number five, the sun, the moon, and the stars were created to fill the sky. All right? Sun, moon, and stars created to fill the sky. Day number five, creatures created to fill sky and water. Creatures created to fill the sky and the water. Last but not least, day number six, creatures created to fill land, and man was created as the pinnacle of creation. Once again, creatures created to fill the land on day six, man created as pinnacle of creation. Wow, he saved his best for last. And of course, uh, Day number seven, God rested from all his work. We're going to get into that. So once again, think about the days of creation. Boy, he is a creator. Remember that, everyone. I mean, you know, there are so many different 
kinds of species of everything out there, whether it's the vegetation, amphibians, mammals, fowls of the air. I mean, he is a creator. Remember that. And that creation is in us. That creative ability is inside each and every one of us to want to create and want to do something, you know. So uh, just to give you an example of how important this process is, I want to share with you, uh, and it's found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, this concept. Now write this down. Maybe you're driving or something, but you need to be able to write this down because it's actually a great tool. God said, made, set, and saw. Now this is in regards to the sun, moon, and the stars were created to fill the sky. So just write this down. I'm going to give you some examples as well. This is a, a very important thing for you to remember. Your speech. So God said, then he made, he set, and he saw. So it's a four-step process in your life. So if your speech is negative, because death and life is in the power of the tongue, then right away you set it. And whatever you speak comes towards you. So I'm going to give you an example of how this works. Uh, actually, in the earth today, uh, an incredible example. Number one, this is how Beit Tehillah was created. A family of four, a couple, husband and wife, the Dreyer family, uh, actually said to themselves, as they were reading the Bible, why aren't we doing these things? Why aren't we honoring the Shabbat? They were speaking it. Why are we meeting on Shabbat, like the Bible says? Well, they said it. Okay, and so they had to, they have to go and, and, and it has to be made. So they opened up their living room. They made a place for the Shabbat to be practiced, for it to be an assembly. So they created the living room. They made it up. They moved furniture out of the way. They did some things. And so they made it. And then, of course, they set it up. They had a time and the amount of time and, and where to go in the living room and everything. And they set it up. And then you could, of course, see it. They saw it. What a great example, amen, to speak something like that. And now from the living room, Beit Tehila has grown to 150 to 200 people weekly. Uh, one third of our congregation is, is youth and children and babies. So once again, somebody spoke something. Why are we doing these things in the Bible? This is where we get the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, everyone. And on the same note, another example is that the same couple said, listen, we should have conferences to teach the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. We should have conferences. So we did them in the summer. We celebrate the spring feast. We're in the summer months and we, we teach the feast and we get everybody ready for the fall feast. And that was the, uh, that was the gist of that. And we had, of course, 10 conferences, the restoration uh, of the fallen booth of David or the you know, and so we had that conference and it was a great success. Once again, somebody, somebody said it, we had, we had, a, it had to be made. So you had to take all this stuff to the hotel, all this fabric, all the props, right? And then you had to set it up, mm. but now we can see it, Ryan. We can watch the DVDs. We can watch the video footage that a couple, Pastor, Pastor Randy, Pastor Tifa spoke about the conferences and now we can see it. Yeah. So my last and final example, Ryan, is the one that I'm really, really hoping for. We are believing in the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Come Israel. Come on, somebody. So what we're doing, Ryan, we're saying this over and over and over. Because we believe the whole house of Israel is made up of Jews and non-Jews. So what's going to have to happen, Ryan? It's got to be said, right? But now we need, it's got to be made. That's what Beit Tehillah is. It's been made. It's like a giant living room for the Lord. 
So it's been made. It's been set up. You know, we have our Torah studies on Monday night. We meet on Saturdays at, at 11. Amen. And so it's being set up. And you could see this every week, Ryan. People can watch live streaming. They can come and visit. Right. They're actually seeing the restoration, the regathering of the whole house of Israel. So, so there's three examples. So look at this process. So, so God said would be the phase where you cast the vision, right? That's right. The, the God made would be the, the, uh, the part where as we following in his footsteps, where we would prepare. So we That's cast right. the vision, we prepare. When you set, you set into motion. So you take action on what you've prepared and what Absolutely. you've cast as a vision. And then God saw would be us enjoying the fruits of our labor. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's what we need to do. We have to bring order to this movement, everyone. We have to bring order to this movement. We have to respect the church. We have to respect the Jews. And we have to learn to respect how people want to express their faith. Because in the end, the Lord is going to win. So think about it. That's a great example for all of us. Change your speech. Change it. You know, and if you're a servant, you, you know, you, you can make something. Something can be made and you can set it up and you'll see it for yourself. Right. You know, uh, speaking over my marriage or my kids, you know, and so it's important. So let's move on to Genesis 1.26. Here we go. Uh, in reference to the Godhead. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, I want to just bring out the point, Ryan, as we get into the creation of man as well, as we follow up with these scriptures in the beginning of Genesis, I want to point out the Godhead. Uh, You know, let us make man in our image. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead. Here we have, let us make man in our image. In so that's where I image. see, yeah, in our you know, in, image. I it's believe plural. I've heard the concept in Judaism called the compound unity of God, that that this is not just some foreign concept that got pulled out of the air by you know Christianity. That this is kind of a, a concept that has always been, and 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 always shall be, as the Godhead always has been and always shall be. Right. You know, you know what else is interesting? God created us in His image, uh, and after His likeness. What's interesting is we don't. You know, God is a creator, and so all of us, we have you know, creative talents, we have creative things. God, God plants a seed in us for us to be creative just like Him, because we want to be like our Father, but we don't actually create anything, right? We recreate, right. we That's repurpose, right. and we recycle. So we take what God has created, and we either recreate something else out of it, we repurpose it, refashion it into something else, or we recycle it for the same purpose in another way. Oh, absolutely. You know, and the thing about it is, we have to realize... That he's the creator. No, and he's awesome. We're the creation. That's right. We bow to the creator. Amen. And, and the devil, he can't create anything. He just perverts and twists and does things. So so moving on, even in reference to the Godhead now, we're going to look at man being created. In Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Yep. So he's referencing both male and female, homo sapien race, and by the way, they're digging up all these things in the earth that are not homo sapiens. You know, the special thing about us, Ryan, is that, you know, we've been given the, the opportunity to be redeemed and all these other things because we are created in his image, the homo sapien race. Uh, redemption is not for the demons. It's not That's for right. fallen angels. And so we need to really uh, bask in this and really appreciate what the Father has done in regards to making us in his image. So uh, once again, let's also look at the first commandment is to go and multiply. Ryan, if you could read Genesis 1, 
28. I will. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. You know, it's interesting, you know, uh, go and multiply, the very first commandment. So Ryan's got a a nice size family, and I got seven kids, so we probably need to move on to some other commandments. (laughs) You know, and and Ryan's even a foster parent, so, you know, he just can't get enough. Yeah. So once again, we've discussed, you know, God said, made, set, and saw in Genesis 1, verses 14 through 19, in reference to the sun, moon, and stars created to fill the sky. We, We just referenced the Godhead. Once again, we're hitting some main points here that just want to get you thinking, inspire you, you know, not with this whole, uh, you know, all this verbiage, but to just to provoke you to, to be inspired. Well, and it lays the foundation of our faith. So Amen. we have man created in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27, and then 28 says, the first commandment is to go and multiply. Now we're going to get into Genesis 2, 7. Uh, if you could read that, Ryan. Absolutely. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Notice this this is actually a reference to a three-part being. Think about it. Uh, you have, of course, breathed, right? Mm-hmm. You, the breath of life and became a living soul. He formed the man of the dust of the ground. You know, there's your body. Right. He breathed, there's your spirit, and then, of course, the living soul. So spirit, the, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Wow. Spirit, soul, and body. So if we're created being, in the image of God. That's right. And would he be a spirit, soul, and body? I mean, I tell you what, you know, think about it. I mean, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. But, you know, of course, we know that Yeshua took on a body as well. What? Uh, yeah. And, and you know, really, we're just a dirt ball without God. You know, Amen. without God, without his spirit. Amen. You know, and, and just thinking about breathe into us. That's an intimate verse. Oh, yeah. That he, he put his mouth on his creation, kissed us with his breath, with his spirit. And every man has a spirit, you know, and that's the thing, you know, when you die, your spirit goes to be with God. So I only bring this out because it's very important that you understand this, that because we're made in the image of God, he would have to come in the same image uh, in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, Once again, let's read verse 18 as well. Uh, This is about a help meet for Adam, continuing on in the creation of man and woman. Uh, Genesis 2, 18, the help meet. And this is good stuff, right? Because, I mean, you know, at this point... um... You know, Adam is, is taking a look at all the other other animals and stuff like this. And so it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Wow. A help meet. Think about it. Think about it. So he's going to make a help meet for him. You know, and that's the thing that, that I want to just bring uh, to your attention is the fact that, you know, a marriage, the way I look at it, a marriage, as depicted in the scriptures, I think, even as well, is a actually a king and a queen uh, walking together, side by side, and each one knows their role. The king knows his role, and the queen knows her role, and you walk side by side. It's not about a serping or a hierarchy. Of course, we believe that the, the man is the priest of the family. He's the head. He's the covering. But but just be reminded that, that she was taken from his rib, which is the side. So if you walk side by side together and be in agreement, uh, that's going to really help your marriage. Well, and think about this, right? So if God is looking at man and man is created in God's image, and he says it is not good for man to be alone, right? So so man, you got you to gotta think that, that Adam is there. He's naming all the animals. 
two by two. He sees them come by, male and female, and he sees there's a male version. There's a buck and there's a doe, right? There's a, a, a ewe and there's a ram. And so he's naming all of these animals as they go by, as God is bringing them before him. That's right. That's, that's another point to be made as well. He's naming all the animals. That's right. That's part of his uh, responsibility. And so, so God comes to him and says, it is not good for man to be alone. So everything's, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Ooh, not good. But think about this. He created us to be his bride. Because it's not good for God to be alone, right? We are the bride of Yeshua those of us that believe in him. And so how profound is that, that we were created to be the bride of Christ, just like woman was created to be the helpmeet of man? Good point. You know, it's been brought out that when Adam was naming all these animals, he couldn't find anything that looked like him. Right. He was seeing, you know, all these animals and, and, and creatures, and, and there was just, there was no, nothing for him. Right. You know, and of course, what does the Bible say? He created the male and female. So if Ryan can read, so we can continue on with this chick flick, it's going to be an awesome chick flick. Oh, here. yeah. These verses are excellent. Uh, verses 21 through 24 of chapter 2. Here we in go. In regards to the woman. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. To be one. Isn't that amazing how God made that? You know, that's why, you know, as men, we're just crazy. We're crazy about women, aren't we, Ryan? We're just, you know what we're I'm trying to do? I'm crazy about one woman. We're trying to get our uh, our rib back. That's right. <laughs> we're just trying to get our rib back. But anyway, uh, what a fascinating study to find out, you know, that, that woman was made from man, you know. And and so God God is awesome. He just has some incredible things here. So once again, think about it. Uh, God created uh, male and female, man and woman. What an awesome, awesome depiction there. Uh, just to kind of go back just a little bit as we can progress here, something to think about. I'm going to have uh, Ryan read Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. Uh, we're going to look at this whole creation of, of things, and we're going to look at the creative story in a new light. Uh, in the very beginning, it was a plant-based diet. That's right. He there says was it... no meat, no, no carnivores. It was a plant-based diet. So go ahead and read, Ryan, Genesis 1, 29 to to prove that. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat, which is King James for food. Right. Very good. That's excellent. So once again, you know, a plant-based diet is good. We teach that here at the church that, you know, eat more vegetables, eat more salads, you know. Uh, you are what you eat. Now, that could be scary. Yeah. That could be really scary, especially if you're full of fast food and soda. So uh, just just keep that in mind. A plant-based diet is found right there in the Bible. We're going to move on now to, of course, the Shabbat. Oh, yeah. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Ryan's going to read that and, and share a few points on that as well. Once again, look at the Shabbat. Here we go. In the story of creation, there is a day of rest. That's right. And these are joyous verses, man. Let me tell you. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in which 
that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Wow. Before, I mean, before the Torah, before the law was given. Well, and three times in these verses, you know, in every verse it says seventh day, seventh day, seventh day. And I guess that begs the question, what day is the Sabbath, Pastor Nick? It's Friday night to Saturday night. It sure is. Yeah, you just can't make up your own Shabbat. While that Sabbath. is a correct alternative answer, the correct answer was the seventh day. The seventh day. <laughs> Very good. You know, uh, Shabbat is Shabbat, you know, and, and the reality of it is the times that we're living in, we need Shabbat. We need Friday night to be with our families and, and regroup. And then what's cool about Beit Tehillah, what I really enjoy and love is when you do Shabbat on Friday night, you bring that anointing into Saturday as a family. You know, you you also hit the nail on the head. You Fr- do. Friday night begins the Sabbath, but why Friday night? Why isn't Saturday the Sabbath? And the reason is this. It says here in verse 5 of chapter 1, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first That's day. That's right. The day begins in the evening. So, you know, it's so funny. You know, we were trying to figure out if this was our 19th tour cycle. We're going to our 20th tour cycle before the podcast because, you know, obviously this is very exciting. We're starting our 20th podcast, or not our 20th podcast cycle. Oof, only our second podcast cycle. Our 20th tour uh, cycle. Tour cycle. And uh, when you try to count something that starts in like the, the latter half of the year and then actually finishes in this, the, you know, in another year, but then you're trying to count, you get thrown off. Well, it's the same thing with the Hebrew calendar. We're so used to our Gregorian calendar and, you know, the, the year beginning in January and ending in December and, right. or the day beginning and at midnight and ending at midnight. Gregorian, right. Yeah. Correct. Being the solar calendar. But you know, the, the night begins the evening, the sunset begins the day on the Hebrew calendar. And so that's how, whenever somebody says the date of something or it starts something, you got to go make sure, you know, cause it's the evening that begins that day. And I can jump ahead, Ryan, because the sign of the Mosaic covenant is the Shabbat, everyone. Oh, come on. The sign of the Mosaic covenant is the Shabbat. We know the sign of the Abrahamic covenant is circumcision. So just think about that, everyone. As you're keeping the Shabbat, it's a sign in the earth. And you can invite your family, your friends over for Shabbat. Everyone wants to come over for dinner. Just have them come over for dinner and then throw the Shabbat on them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is Shabbat and, uh, you know, we're having a uh, pot roast. Yeah. Well, and it's a sign of the covenant that we are in covenant with God. It, it is. That we have chosen it. But we it, have to choose is. every week, right? We right. have to choose the covenant every week. So just like as we learn these little facts in the beginning of the story of creation, uh, it, actually in regard to the plant-based diet as well, uh, I'm going to have Ryan read Genesis chapter 2, verse 6, because there was no rain in the earth but a mist. So, so this is going to lead us up to the story of Noah, I'm sure. But, but Genesis 2, 6, let's read that. All right. Uh, yep, it says right here, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground, which verse five, right before that, it says, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, uh, and every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. So God had planted everything. He set it into motion. It was ready to go. And instead of raining, there was a mist. How cool is that? That, that is awesome. That, that is awesome. And there's all kinds of theories around That's that, right. right. So here we have the story of creation. We have, of course, days that are set apart. And now we're going to look at two trees. Uh, I'm going to have Ryan read uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, in regard to the two trees in the garden. Right. Uh, and this is, this is interesting because we get to make the same choice even today. And it says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there we go. So we have two trees 
of course, we have two trees in the Garden of Eden. We have the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we're going to look at the distinction here uh, as we look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17 in reference to these two trees. And I'm going to bring out some points. Which verse? 16 and 17 of Genesis 2. Got it. Continuing on with the two trees. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You know, in all my years of studying this, Ryan, it's quite evident, you know, what it's saying to us. In, in context, literally, okay? Think about it. When you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Ryan, you're actually saying you're going to decide what is good and what is evil. We're going to discover this with Adam and Eve, okay? So this is why we have laws being passed that go against God. That's right. Because our government or governments or this leadership thinks that they can decide what is good and what is evil. They're eating from that tree. So that's why we have to have this tree of life, because God gave us a free choice. That's right. So just like the Supreme Court passing the you know same-sex marriage act or whatever, you know, uh, they're saying no, this is good, this is good, but it goes against what God's word says. And it's, it's also it's not good. It's also relevant to our daily lives because I think that uh, in this walk with with God and and with Jesus, every day we're making decisions, and the more we make decisions on our own and we try to decide what's good and what's not good, That's right. the more we bump our head in the wall. And how many times do we have to hit our head before we decide to surrender and submit to God and say, God, you are the author and finisher of our faith. You are the one who created everything. That's I right. should probably just trust you and switch from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because it doesn't matter if it's good or evil, right? They're That's both right. in the tree. That's right. Whether I'm on the on the good side of the tree or the evil side of the tree, I'm still right. in the wrong tree. That's right. I need to get over the tree of life and depend and That's surrender what we to need. God. You know, what's interesting, Ryan, to me is the fact that we have to make choices every day. And as we develop this story of creation, it builds, even into our own life, making it relevant for today. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the three responsibilities of man. Now, all of this is set up. Here are the three responsibilities of man, Ryan. Genesis 2.15 and Genesis 1.28. Let's start off with number one. He is to provide. He is to provide. It's the Hebrew word abad. It means to work, serve, till, husband man. Listen to this, Ryan. I'm telling you right now. In the Strong's Concordance, to provide also means worshiper. Wow. So what are you providing? An atmosphere. That's right. You're providing a, a, a hands-on lesson. You're, you're able to see, hey, mommy and daddy are worshiping. Daddy's worshiping God. They're going to worship God. Right. That's how you provide for your family. Right. You are a worshiper. I'm telling you, everybody, this will set you free. You know, Beit Tehillah means house of praise. And we need to bust out in the praise department. Come because on. That will separate. that will separate everything, you know. And so... Once again, the Hebrew word is abad. It's number 5647 for this word to, to, of course, to provide, to work, serve, till husbandman, worshiper. Number two, he is to protect. Genesis 2.15, once again, uh, it's number 8104 in the strong concordance. It's shamar. What is, the, what, is, what is the man to do? He is to hedge about, guard, be circumspect. Another big word. Yeah. Like pinnacle. 
but circumspect. <laughs> what is circumspect? You know, you observe things. You make sure the doors are locked in the house. Make yeah, sure you make your rounds. The, 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 the kids have their seatbelts on, that the, the car seats are safe, you know. Circumspect. That is your is your is your home child proof. I mean, you have dangerous places in there. They can get hurt or this or that, or you know, dressers falling on kids and yeah. just crazy stuff. We have to be circumspect, you know. Yeah. Right now, both uh, Danielle and I and the kids are staying with uh, Tom and Linda Postwickall. We want to give a shout out to them for our circumstances. Uh, we're, we're a little out of our home for right now for it to be repaired from a storm, but they've gladly taken us in. But now we have to kind of go through the home now and, and look and see. And, and Tom's been real good about that as well. Tom and Linda uh, to be circumspect, you know, yeah. uh, they have a pool out there with the patio and right. the sliding glass doors can open. We have to make sure they're locked and shut and, and they do a good job of that. But this is just an example, Ryan, of to provide and protect that's what a woman wants from a man. That's you right. know, if you're a man and you're not sure what you're supposed to be or do, right here in the Bible, provide and protect. Last but not least, to have dominion. Come on. Uh, this is Genesis 1.28. Oh, and by the way, this dominion is, of course, shared with the woman. If you go back and look and see where it's they're, they're made male and female, they are to have dominion. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a couple's effort to have dominion together. That's right. To rule and reign together. And I love that. I love that concept, Ryan. So if you're a man listening to this well, podcast... It's, it's- Provide, protect, and have dominion. You know, take authority. You know, cancel out vows that are not good. Don't make bad decisions. Don't let your, you know, family make bad decisions. You you make sure that good decisions are made and stuff. So, so gentlemen, if you're listening to this and 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 women, encourage the men. Show them right there yeah. in Genesis two fifteen and and one twenty eight. They are to provide and protect and have dominion. Gentlemen, you cannot be lazy. That's right. That's not that's not your job. That's right. You got to right. rise up. You know, what else is interesting is, you know, you talked about the partnership between the man and the woman, and that commandment uh, is that God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So how can a man be fruitful, multiply, or replenish the earth without woman? The answer is he can't. I mean, that's that's, right. it's an obvious answer. That's so, a good point. And then to subdue it and to have dominion uh, are, are obvious things, you know, Back to the same point in, in verse 215, where you're providing and you're protecting and having dominion back to 128. And, and this is a mainstay, Ryan. So let's go right into Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. If Ryan could just read those verses, uh, we're going to look at and break down the three lies of Satan. This is life-changing, everyone. Satan does not change his tactics, everyone. What he did to Peter and Paul, he's going to do to us. That's right. What he tried to do to Noah or Abraham, he, he's going to try to do to us. When he came at Yeshua with what he had, it's the same thing he's going to do to us. So let's look at the three lies of Satan in Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. All right, here we go. Verse number 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So once again, we're, we're witnessing something here. Here are the three lies that Satan gave Eve. And of course, Adam was in her presence. Check this out. You shall not die. Mm. He's promising them a false immortality. That's right. A false Im- Oh, you're not going to die. God said, Ryan, if you eat from this tree, you're going to die. Which he, he may be just twisting the truth there a little bit because you might get to live forever with him in hell. I mean, then just enjoy. But, 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 but the sad thing <laughs> Eternal is, yeah, hell torture. was created for him and his fallen angels. We're going to get into that at the it end of this cool. portion. You can live. You can just come hang out with me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not good. Hell was not created no, for thanks. mankind, but for Satan and his fallen angels in the lake of fire. So here's a lie. You shall not die. Immortality. It's false. You know, and, and, and there you have it. And then, of course, uh, number two, uh, eyes will be opened. Enlightenment and knowledge. That's like, right. oh, that's that's everything. No, it's not. 
Uh, last but not least, number three, you shall be as gods. Hmm. The three lies. And think about uh, how we're living today. You know, we don't want to answer to anybody. We want to do what we want to do. You know, we're not, we're not, you know, accountable. Uh, wow. We're going to have to be accountable, folks. So those are the three lies of Satan in, in regards to this. Uh, there's a thought that I had that just left me. Hopefully it'll come back. But these are the lies. We, we cannot have eternal life uh, uh, in and of itself. It's in a person. The That's tree correct. of life is Yeshua. He gives eternal life. You know, uh, you shall be saved. You confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and that God raises from the dead. You shall be saved. Uh, and it's interesting. Yeshua was making reference to being born again, born of water and the spirit. Uh, you know, the amniotic fluid, the, the baby's in water in, in the natural realm of a childbirth, of be, being born. But he says, but you must be born of the spirit. That's right. Why? Because he breathed into the nostrils of man, his ruach, his spirit. And that's why your spirit goes to God. So, if, you know, that's why I love to mess with people, you know, just go through the, the checkout line at Publix or whatever. And she'll say, hey, how you doing? Just say, hey, how's your spirit? That's right. They just look at you like, well, uh, my, my spirit. Yeah. How's your spirit doing? They don't even realize they have a spirit. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you, it talks about the second death, right? That, that don't fear the one that can only kill you in, in this right. physical body. But you should fear the one that can kill you the second time around. And so it's that spirit that we need to, to protect. It's our heart. That's why we guard our heart because from it comes is the wellspring of life, right? That's I mean, right. And so once again, those are the three lies. And of course, we know in, in Genesis 3, 6, we have three things. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Now, we don't have time to get into... Um, actually 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. But this is a parallel uh, that you can actually look up later. Uh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Amen. Get you. And what is the pride of life? It's like my position. Right. You know, this is my position. How dare this happen to me? How could I get a flat tire? How could I get a cold? You know, like you want somebody else to get it. Right. You know, it's like this pride of life. Like you have this position, you know, that you're trying to hold on to. And, and once again, uh, Genesis 3, 6, read that one more time. This is, this is the fall of man. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Notice that the sin comes through Adam. Through his seed. Because he knew better, Ryan. That's right. He should have took that sneaky snake and beat him up against a tree and threw him out of the garden. That's right. I mean, a talking serpent, a snake. I mean, this is what happened. And whoever's listening to this podcast, if you're a husband and you're married, you better watch over your family. You better make good decisions. Don't allow the shenanigans to go on in your home. Don't allow stuff to go on. Don't allow your kids to watch and see stuff they shouldn't be watching or seeing. You shut that stuff down. Amen. And so think about it. So this is found in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. This is a universal attack of Satan. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I mean, well, think about and it. And look at that. I mean, it was the lust of the eyes. Look, at she saw that the tree was good for food. She did. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. I mean, this is all, you know, the lies, right? Because sin appears right you know to be something that oh one would desire or whatever but in the end yeah. it, it leads to you death. know when you think of lust of the eyes ryan remember the eyes are never satisfied uh that's in ecclesiastes it is the eyes are never satisfied matter of fact the book of ecclesiastes is what you're supposed to be reading uh during tabernacle so if you didn't get a chance to read ecclesiastes we know the conclusion of ecclesiastes is to fear god keep his commandments uh going into the lust of the flesh uh there's 17 works of the flesh and 
Galatians 5, 19 through 21, 17 works of the flesh, Ryan. Every day that we wake up, there's 17 things going against us. And last but not least, the pride of life. So let's move on here. Once again, this is why death has come into the world, uh, because they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know that Jesus, he took the sting out of death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? You know? That's right. And so we don't have to be afraid to die, but we're all going to die. Uh, you know, but then again, there are those, it says that they will be alive and remain, shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. I want that to be me. Yeah, me too. I don't want to die in my sleep. No. Nope. I want to be caught up together to meet him in the air. Yeah. As he's coming to give us our inheritance. Let's continue on. Uh, Genesis 3, 8, Ryan's going to read that. Uh, this is a, a, an awesome verse. I love it. It is. It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So now shame and regret comes in. They cover themselves with fig leaves. Right. And they hear the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now That's we know right. this is not in Florida at this time. Think about the cool of the day. Was it like 70 degrees? Is 70 degrees nice? Uh, yeah. 70. I think 70 would be the, the cool of the day. Yeah, what do you think? for sure. Perfect temperature. Imagine that, everyone. Yeah. Not humidity, not dripping with sweat, you know, but Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And of course, you know, uh, Adam and Eve hid themselves. Uh, Genesis three nine. Uh, let's read that and it as says, we move the story. And, and you, know, this this hits me. You know, uh, Larry Miller, one of our congregation members, sings a song called "Adam, Where Are You?" And this is the 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 verse that it's based on. It says, "And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou?" He was asking Adam, "Where are you spiritually now?" Yeah. He had to do a gut check. He had to do a spiritual audit, well, and now, spiritual value. Now Adam can tell good from evil, supposedly, right? That's right. So so now Adam can tell. This is it. So now you have three parties involved. You've got Adam and Eve and the serpent. So let's look at Genesis 3.15. This is the first messianic prophecy found in the Bible. The first messianic prophecy found in the Bible. And it is controversial, folks, but you can study it out for yourself. Ryan's going to read it. And it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now here's the controversy, everyone. It says right here, Satan has seed. Right, because he's talking to Satan. Now that's a mystery. That, that just blows my mind. How does Satan have seed? And we're going to get into this as we develop the story even towards the end. But Satan has seed. Somehow, some way, he's perverted the human race. Something has happened. And so we have to consider that. And of course, Satan knows that he's got his seed, but a, a good seed is coming. He knows a good seed is going to come. And, and if you look down the line, what are we seeing? He's always trying to kill the seed. Yeah. He's always trying to kill the seed. Remember in Egypt, throw all the males in the river, right? That's right. Herod, kill all the babies in Bethlehem, what, two, two years of age and under, kill them. You know, Satan was trying to kill the seed. That's right. But he was not successful. Amen. He was not successful. So we're going to develop this even more towards the end here. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. Uh, there's going to be an exit from the east, if Ryan could read that. So it says, So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And why? I mean, how sad is that? That now that we've fallen in, our, in a sinful state, that if we were to then recede from the tree of life, we would live forever. Amen? Well, you know... If, in if that you, state. What we're dealing with now, Ryan, is if, you, if you're kicked out from the east, what is east of Jerusalem? Babylon. Oh, yeah. 600 miles. That's right. So, so it's Babylon versus Jerusalem right now. And what's Jerusalem? A city of peace and calm. You know, the city of our king. But what's Babylon. It's, it's false religion. Right. It's, it's Babel. 
That's what we're hearing in the earth today. There's a lot of a babbling going on, you know. And, and so think about it. So we've already done Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. We're going to now proceed and get into, the in the process of time, uh, Genesis 4, 3. Once again, this reference to the process of time. Ryan's going to read it. And here we go. It says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. So now we have Cain and Abel. Okay. Cain's the oldest. Abel's the youngest. Mm-hmm. And it, it says here... Uh, and in process of time, and in Hebrew, Ryan, this means latter days. Mm. Latter days. Now, there's a lot of controversy over this and a lot of commentary, but I'm going to share what I got out of it. Uh, I believe that Abel offered in faith while Cain did not. Right. Okay, it's not about the blood of the sacrifice, because you know you can do a water libation, a wine libation. You can a give meal offering. a meal offering, yeah. meat offering. So the bottom line, Ryan, is that Something to be brought out here is that Abel offered in faith while Cain did not. Once again, a free will offering, a free will. You know, Ryan, your life is a sacrifice. Yes. You know, like today, I want to bring my best to the Lord, Amen. you know, and what we're doing in this podcast and living my life today. I want to give him my best, my best offering. But I want to remind everyone of something. The mention in process of time means there was a procrastination. There was a procrastination in the giving of the offering. Mm. You know, being a pastor, I hear a lot of different stories, a lot of interesting things. You know, I had a person to come up to me, you know, not naming names or anything, but we have all these examples. You know, somebody was coming up to me saying, you know, well, you know, when I, when I get this inheritance next year, I'm going to, I'm going to tithe. Mm. I'm like, why are you waiting to tithe? Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Today is the day of obedience. Keep it because we're not going to need it next year. We That's need right. it today. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, how people would say stuff like that, you know. But but remember, if income's coming in, you need to tithe off that. That's you right. Know? You sell a house, you tithe off of it. That's right. My wife and I, we, we're tithers. So don't procrastinate. You know, I, I was telling the congregation, let them know, you know, where we're at financially, trying to meet, you know, operating expenses, you know. We have a $5,000 mortgage, and we say that over this podcast, uh, you know, uh, at this time, but yeah, we, we, we had a $5,000 mortgage and over $600,000 for our property in our building. Why? Because we need it. Yeah, of course. We, we, we got to have it. We, we outgrew the living room, you know? So because of tithes and offerings, we're able to pay a mortgage and have state-of-the-art sound and lighting, further the gospel, be legitimate in the community, have, uh, you know, different events going on. We had uh, Jamie Grace. We've had, uh, you know, Mike Williams. So, so think about it. Uh, now we're going to get into some sibling rivalry. Genesis 4-7, uh, Cain needs to overcome sin in this particular reference here. He now, does. This, this is what's going to happen here, a little sibling rivalry going on. And it says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So we have to overcome sin that's at our door, Ryan. It's just waiting to barge in. Notice, it's waiting to come in. It's crouching at the door. It's wanting to come in. Yeah. So what were, what were Adam and Eve you doing know, after they uh, were kicked out of the garden? What do you want to know? They're raising a little cane. Raising a little cane. You just had to throw that in there, didn't you? They were. <laughs> they were. So let's, let's continue on in the story. Let's see what happens here. Genesis 4, 8, uh, if Ryan could read that. I can, and it says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Sad moment. You know, there's a reference to in the field means to be out in the world. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, that's where Dina was raped, the daughter of Jacob. You that's know. right. She was in the field. So, so it, it's a picture of the world, you know. And then remember, the field's white. The harvest is ready. Oh, yeah. You know, Yeshua makes a reference to the field being a harvest. 
Uh, it's a picture of the world. So uh, he's going he's gonna to slay his brother, and then Genesis 4 9, let's, let's read uh, another verse here. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? As if God doesn't know, right? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Wow, is that a reference we hear today? Is that a saying today? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. You know, I mean, I got seven kids. They're like, oh, am I supposed to keep track of him or her? I said, yes, you are. Where's your little sister? Yeah. Oh, am I supposed to watch her? Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to watch her. I right. Mean, so think about it. There's a, there's a saying, am I my brother's keeper? We are our brother's keeper. We should, we should help our brother. We should be there for him. Amen. Uh, we're going to move on now. We're finishing up here. This is a quite a lengthy podcast, but it's got so much in it. Let's look at Enoch in Genesis 5.24. Good old Enoch. All right, so Genesis 5.24 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You know, they, they say this is the first example of a rapture, being caught up, which is true. It's very interesting. You know, uh, we're going to see examples of a fiery chariot coming down. Well, look, man, I mean, this is, like, this is like boom, boom, like double benefits, right? So Enoch, not only did he walk with God, right? But then God took him. He says, you know what? You're mine. Yeah, hey, come, on. come on. Come on. Up Let's here. do this. You know, I, I highly recommend that we read the book of Enoch. You know, it, it's a fascinating book. It, it actually, I oh, think yeah. it goes along with the Bible. Uh, it goes into detail, but, you know, it wasn't considered part of uh, the, yeah, it's not the scripture. Yeah, it's not scripture, but, but it's referenced in scripture. But I'm saying that it's a very interesting book to, to, to play off of and to look at because it's going to actually uh, lead us into the end of the store portion as well, the book of Enoch. But uh, let's look at the 10 generations in, in Genesis chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 32. In verse 1, it says, uh, in Genesis 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam, Adam, in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. Wow. So here's the generations of Adam. And I love this story. This is incredible. When I discovered this from some of the other researchers, theologians, it really rocked my world. So let's look at these 10 generations. We have, of course, Adam. It means man. Seth means replaced. Enosh means mortal. Kenan means sorrow. Mahalalil, God the Blessed One. Yared shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah, his death shall bring. Lamech, the despairing. And the tenth in the generation is Noach rest. Ryan, if you put these ten names together, this is what it says. This is amazing. Ten's a popular number. It's a minion. Look at this. Man replaced with mortal sorrow. God, the blessed one, shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing rest. Boom. Wow. Man replaced with mortal sorrow. God, the blessed one, shall come down teaching. Who was that? Yeshua. His death shall bring the despairing rest. Once again, Ryan, it's all about a person. And so the, the, the Messiah is going to save us. He's going to save us from ourselves. And, of course, you're going to actually see where he's going to save us from the Nephilim and these fallen angels. So I'm going to have Ryan uh, finish up with, uh, we're going to read Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Yeah, and these are these are interesting verses. Uh, and here's what's cool, is when you read the Bible and you just take it literally, things, you, you're sometimes surprised, you know, 
with the things that are actually true. And so, so here, let's just read these verses, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, the daughters were born, that daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I mean, yeah, I mean, there it is. And, you know, and, and here's here, we're going to finish up. We were just some, talking about the seed of Satan, right? We're, yeah, we did. And we're going to, we're going to finish up with some New Testament references as well. We're not going to go into great detail, everyone, but remember Satan has seed. So these fallen angels were cohabitating with the women. That's all I'm going to tell you. Creating this race of giants. And I find it interesting that Joshua was a giant slayer. Hmm. And what's he going to do? He's going to go into the land and start pushing them out. That's right. And, and listen, everyone, we're trying to get to the promised land. There's giants on this side of the land, you know, and so these these giants migrated throughout the earth. We can we can see uh, geographically speaking, archaeologically speaking, but the Nephilim is is, is is of course the fallen, the fallen angels. They're the, they're the race of giants, right? Uh, well, the, the children. I, I, I can't figure it out. I don't understand it all, but there's yeah. something going on. Yeah, and course. it's funny how everybody loves Greek mythology and love these stories. Yeah. Greek mythology. Greek mythology is real. That's a lot right. of this stuff is real. That's right. Half man, half God, half half angel, half man. I mean, this is crazy stuff going on. Oh, yeah. But people, and I know some of you may be listening to this, don't believe it. But I want to give you a name uh, to to go by, to check out on YouTube. Check out his his, his material. His name is L.A. Marzulli. L.A. Marzulli has some incredible stuff. He's got a great sense of humor. He's a great guy. He loves the Lord. He's got incredible testimony. This guy is a great researcher in regards to the Nephilim. There's a lot of different people out there, but we actually had L.A. Marzulli at our congregation, and he rocked the house. It was incredible. It was awesome. We had local pastors come and share uh, or experience the event, you know, and, of course, they, they got to share with him with the dinner. But, once again, L.A. Marzulli, want to put a plug in for him. But, once again, a race of giants. Uh, now let's look at a couple New Testament verses just to reiterate, cause we're not going to elaborate on this. I know it's controversy, but we are under demonic attack. There is just stuff happening in this, in this earth that can't be explained. Uh, we're going to look at first Peter two, four, go ahead and look up first Peter two, four. Oh, I'm getting there. That's in the new Testament, right? Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> first Peter. So here it says, uh, first Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 4, says, To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Hold that on. is not chapter 2, verse... No. That is not chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to find it. First Peter, chapter 2, verse... That's what I just read, chapter 2, verse 4. Let's look at... Let's find... Uh, go to Jude 6 and 7. That's first. what we're looking go for. Go to Jude, Jude 6 and 7, and yep. then we'll find the other All right, one. here we go. It says... Um, it says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in every ha- in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, 
in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So when wow. you try to pervert June six and seven, yeah, when you wow. try to pervert God's creation, especially the pinnacle of His creation, He does not like that, and He does not smile. No, no. I mean, listen, look what Jude is saying. Listen to take it face value, and the angels which kept not their first estate, right? Mm-hmm. Or their principality, right? Think about it. Which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Right. You know, and think about this. Look at verse 7. This is where it gets to be very interesting. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Right. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh... Right? I wonder what strange flesh Or other flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay, now listen. Verse 7, Ryan, is this. Remember, there were angels in Lot's house. Right. The people says, we want to know them. Oh, yeah. So there's something, some hanky-panky yeah, going on here. stuff going on. It's improper. It's an improper relationship. Right. They wanted to cohabitate with those angels in the house. Right. And so I mean, I, that's messed up. I found our Peter reference. It's Second Peter. It is chapter I two, I verse four. Go, go ahead and read it. Second and it Peter says, two four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah. The eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world and ungodly. Wow! And next and week then is Sodom Noah. and Gomorrah. Then he goes and into next Sodom week and Gomorrah. Is Noah, as well. You know, yeah. so so the earth had a big mikvah. That's right. Yeah, also, you know? and uh, God judged it. That's right. So once again, check out Ali Marzuli's research materials. You will enjoy it. Let me tell you something. I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm a leader of a congregation, and the people need to know that there's demonic activity going on. There is a seed of Satan in this earth, and we need to be the seed of Abraham which is, of course, you know, the righteous seed. And to take it seriously. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. Check this out. I I can't tell you how excited. I know that this, for me, is a privilege to open up the Torah, to start a new Torah cycle, and to just say thank you to our Father in Heaven for giving us His revealed truth through the Word of God, and to study this week in and week out, and to have a, a, a set method to do so, uh, and to keep us on the straight and narrow, and to just continually just mold us over. Because every year, you know, Pastor Nick talks about it being a spiraling staircase going upwards. That Yeah, we cycle through, but we take another step up. And just as we end, right, one cycle, That's and right. we begin another, uh, the half Torah is also Joshua. And what is Joshua doing? He's going forward. And so it's like God knows the end from the beginning, and this is awesome. So I'm just so thankful. I hope you guys are too, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy... Uh, what we're delivering to you. If you guys are, please go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, like it, subscribe, rate the podcast, all the stuff that you do, whether you're listening on iTunes, through the podcast app on your phone, or through SoundCloud or some other medium. Um, you know, please help us, you know, share it, like it, all that stuff uh, on your social media pages, because we want to get this message out to people that the Torah is relevant for today. The Torah is a joy and that uh, we can start with Genesis and go all the way to maps in the Bible and that everything can be applied to our lives today. So thank you, God, for that. Uh, God bless you guys and have a great week.